The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Sean is after getting in touch to say Catherine Thomas should uh, present the Late Late Show. Dermot Bannon's the only man for the job, Kieran. So somebody else he'd be great for. Dermot Bannon's on the Late Late so often. He may as well be presenting it at this stage. Yes, scrap it. It's tired. I'm in my 40s. And most of my friends watch Graham Norton or Netflix on a Friday night. And what a snooze fest, says somebody else. It needs a total rejig to make it appeal to a younger audience. Plenty of people expressing similar views. But as I said a few minutes ago, despite that... It is still the most popular television show in this country. Anyway, Pat Kenny knows all about that former presenter, presenter of the Pat Kenny Show now here on News Talk. Pat, were you surprised today when you got the news in your ear? I was surprised and then I thought about it for a second and I wasn't surprised at all. Um, I did 10 years of The Late Late Show and it's an all-consuming job. Uh, it's Friday night, which means that you don't have your Friday nights, but you also don't have much of Saturday either because you're fairly whacked mm. after the show itself, then the post-show hospitality and all the rest of it. And then running through the week, I was doing a two-hour radio show every morning, Monday to Friday. Um, I would, unlike Ryan, who finishes at 10, I wouldn't finish until 12 noon get no work done on the late, late before lunch. So every afternoon was devoted to the late, late. Every afternoon from Monday? From Monday, there'd be a post-mortem and uh, that would happen Monday afternoon. And then there are so many things to do, books to read as well as planning. And the Late Late Show is not just like a presenting job. It's a showbiz job. It's a performance. So there are loads of elements that you build in, um, movements on set, way we're going to handle a particular demonstration it's a hugely complex job. So I did it for 10 years, 10 toy shows, <laughs> riding in live on the back of an elephant on one occasion, <laughs> yeah. going to Lapland to meet Santa Claus on another occasion. Uh, and after 10 of those, I felt I've done my bit. Did you, were you tired afterwards? You know, sometimes people don't realise how exhausted they are doing a job until they finish the job. Um, no, because I finished the job and then I didn't have to do the job for the summer. The summer is the R&R oh, okay, time, yes. you know, so you've got lots of time to, to build up. And I have to say that I was uh, looking forward to every new season of The Late Late Show, even though I knew it was a marathon, not a sprint. So uh, it brings me back to talking with Gay years and years ago. I was in Dunlow uh, for the Mary of Dunlow Festival. I was hosting the show and Gay was in the front row as a judge. Now, how intimidating yes. is that? The great man himself. And after the show, uh, went to what passed as a green room and uh, he had a whiskey and I was driving back to Dublin that night from Donegal. So I had a coffee and we had a chat and I was uh, gearing up for the return of Kenny Live at the beginning of September and I was really looking forward to it. And I said, Gay, you're looking forward to the late lecture? He said, I'm dreading it. And I said, what? Now, at this point, he probably had done it for over 30 years. Yeah. So I said to him, why are you dreading it? And he said, I'm dreading it because I've interviewed everybody. And if I haven't interviewed them, I've interviewed people like them. Okay. So the repetitive nature, Mm. uh, you know, you interview Sinead O'Connor five times, six times, Westlife five times, six times, uh, and so on and so forth. Um, So he was tired of, of that. And also he could see the landscape of uh, a 32-hour run uh, unfolding before yeah. him. And that, that is tough. What advice did Gabo give you when you took over? He gave me one key piece of advice, which was stop giving one to every member of the audience. <laughs> uh, he said it became a tyranny. Okay. That uh, you had people who'd come along 
not to see the guests, not to enjoy the show. For the swag. For swag, for stuff. <laughs> and it became a huge burden to find swag every week for people. And then you get people complaining because last week everybody got a camera. And this week we only got a bottle of Coca-Cola or whatever, you know. That <laughs> yeah, kind of I thing. know. So um, he said, don't do that. And I took that advice. Uh, so we only did it for the toy shows. We gave away stuff in the toy shows. And if we had a budget for giveaways, it was a big giveaway. Mm. A trip to New York for a family plus spending money. Um, also, there was something else that we brought on board, which was no one should have to spend money to enjoy a prize. Okay. Because before, you might get a weekend away in Killarney, but it was just maybe, you know, bed and breakfast. So oh, you had I to see. buy your dinner, your lunch. Yes. You had to drive there or get a train there. So my philosophy at the time was it must not cause, cause anyone to have to spend money to enjoy this prize. What advice did you give Tubbs? Oh, pretty much like Gay gave me is to, to make it his own, to drop whatever he thought uh, wasn't him mm. and to innovate as much as possible uh, to be aware that he would not be liked for the first year at least um, but that he would come good in yeah. time you know if if the job he did was uh, true and hard working that the rewards would come and I think they did fairly quickly did, did, Was that difficult given that 10 years on that was still your advice did you not enjoy that first year the criticism uh, I, en- naturally I came enjoyed with it. doing the show yeah. but um, there were elements of the show that were foisted on me for example I was told that I shouldn't use an autocue now I was using an autocue from my earliest days in television I was used to it Gay hated the autocue because okay. he wasn't adept at it. He didn't like it too much. So Gay would, his technique of prompting himself when he was delivering a script, he had his cards laid out in front of him on the desk and he'd look down and then he'd look up and then he'd look down again, then he'd look up and he'd look away sometimes. It was a technique which he had mastered. I didn't like that technique. I like to look straight into the camera Mm. and the autocue assists that. And the reason an autocue is so good is that you're doing maybe a very complicated interview and you know, for example, that there's a prize coming up, which is completely different. You're doing an interview that involves pathos and now you've got to switch to a competition of a flight oh, to New yeah, York. The gear change. So you don't really want to be thinking about that script in your head while you're doing the interview that is you know, a demanding interview. So the comfort of knowing that the script is up there on the autocue when the time comes, it makes it possible to do the job much better, I thought. It wasn't Gay's way of doing it, but it was my way of doing it. And they foisted that Gay technique on me for the first while until I insisted a return to the autocue. So, you know, make it comfortable for yourself. Who do you think will get the gig? I've said already today, (laughs) in this era, this climate, this woke time we live in, uh, it's almost definitely going to be a woman. Um, It would be disingenuous to mention any names, because uh, I've worked with pretty much all of the, the basic <laughs> contenders. Yeah. Those I haven't worked with, I know. So I, I wouldn't uh, publicly put my money on any one of them. But I think it probably is likely to be a woman. You know, three men in mm. the history of the Late Late Show so far. How important is it? Well, it, it is important because you've made that point already that whoever takes over, uh, be it she or he, that they make it their own. Um, but is there an argument that you, you really upend the format? Or, you know, if they yeah, broke, don't fix I mean, it. if you look at, uh, say, Tommy Tiernan, who's yeah, a stand-up comedian. Totally different format. Totally different show. Yeah. So I, I think I, I probably 
followed in the tradition of Gay and Ryan followed in the tradition of me, which is... Um, uh, the show is, by the way, a performance. That's why it's called a show rather than a program. It, yeah. it does involve a performance. Um, you've got to sell everything a bit more than you might. Sell in, the sizzle. Yeah, you, like primetime, which I've done and so on. It's not the same kind of gig. It's a different kind of gig. And I always think that the background I had doing various things over the years, the hosting the Eurovision Song Contest, being a DJ on 2FM, all of those things fed into the ability to be able to uh, host the Late Late Show effectively. And then in turn, having done the Late Late Show for 10 years, that fed into the kind of format that we developed for the Frontline, which yeah. brought a little bit of that pizzazz into a political format. So, you know, you build on your experience. So whoever gets the gig, the show will change with their personality and their skill set. Pat, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks a million. My pleasure. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.